The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. For millions of years, mankind lived just like the animals. Something happened which unleashed the power of our imagination. We learned to talk. Good morning, Carrie. You're looking at me. Morning. Strange eye. You, of course, yeah. know who this is, right? This is a theme show. Good morning, everyone. You found financial food for thought. No, I have no idea what okay. this is. Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. No, this is a theme. This was, was going to be my theme of today's show, Carrie. Keep on talking. Okay. okay, never heard this. Uh, this is a uh, band out of Britain. I don't know if they were, okay. they were kind of popular in their day. Um, you know, doesn't ring any bells? No, I've never heard this. That's why I was like, what are you playing this time? Yeah, it was a band called Pink Floyd. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I told you that's the concert I went I to. Know, and I, I was. And you don't even know. I, I was just, you know. Well, it, you know, <laughs> the uh, so anyways, the theme of my show today was going to be keep on talking. But I guess, I'm throw that script out. <laughs> And I guess it's, keep on talking while you have your mask on. So we did get the unfortunate news. Right. So the, all, you know, this show is being recorded on Friday morning. And so we all woke up to the news that President Trump and the First Lady mm-hmm. had the virus. Um, and Tested positive, mild symptoms. They Trump's still working. Right. And in the middle of all the, you know, and then we had a little debate. Let's read And you see who won the election, and I think we're going to do well because people are... Re- so, Carrie, you weren't with us last week, so mm-hmm. on the show, I, I mentioned, I, we had a little, you know, bet with the audience mm-hmm. what you thought Chris Wallace's first question was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, the six topic matters right. that he really... And I said it was going to be on the integrity of the election. Um, as it turns out, Chris Wallace's first question was about the Supreme Court. Okay. Um but I thought it got off to a bad start right from there. But it, the last question okay. was on the integrity. Be happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia See, and other places. They're not losing the 2%, 1%, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40%. It's That's a awful. fraud. And it's a shame. And now, can you imagine where they say... Uh, so this is President Trump. And then we're going to hear Joe Biden's... 10th. November 10th. Statement. That means that's seven days after the election, in theory, should have been announced. Okay. We have major... See, Chris is trying to get Biden time. All run by Democrats. President Trump, you're going to be able to continue. You have been charging for months that mail-in balloting is going to be a disaster. You say it's rigged, Mm -hmm. that it's going to lead to fraud. But in 2018, in the last midterm election, 31 million people voted mail-in voting. That was a quarter, more than a quarter, of all the voters that year cast their ballots by mail. Now that millions of ballots have gone out, what are you going to do about it? And are you counting on the Supreme Court, including a Justice Barrett, to settle any dispute? Yeah, so this I is the last question of the night. Yeah. Look at the ballots, definitely. I don't think. Well, I hope we don't need them in terms right. of the election. See now, so, Joe's waiting to the talk. Ballots, I think so. Because what's happening is incredible. I just he's, heard, he's I had now a few minutes to work up his response, right, Gary? Right, which is good because he probably he's, needs it. Invalidated. It's getting late. They, they take him. Night. We don't like him. We don't like him. He's held up pretty well so far. There are millions mm-hmm. of ballots going out. What right you do now. is you, you go do? and vote. You do a solicited ballot. No, no, and that's I'm okay. Not, or you go and vote. I'm asking you about the fact that millions of people you go and vote. You go and no, vote but like, they, is, like they used to. The the millions of people. You either so do now the debate is between Chris Wallace and Trump, basically. Clearly, I didn't watch it. 
They have mailmen with lots of it. Did you see what's going on? Take a look at West Virginia mailmen selling the ballots. Yeah, sold. or, the, or all the mail well, that doesn't get delivered. Okay, Biden's finally interrupting. Okay, here we go. For the last Listen closely. Decade or more, five, including two Republican states. And you don't have to solicit the ballot. It's sent to you. It's sent to your home. What we're saying is, they're saying is that it has to be a postmark by the time by election day. Uh, if it doesn't uh, get uh, in till the seventh, eighth, ninth, it still should be counted. Did that make sense? I, I guess. What? But, but, well, he's just afraid of counting the votes because you're wrong. The outcome. You're wrong. I, I, want to, I want to continue with you on this. I love you, Vice President Biden. Chris, he's so wrong in, when he makes his statement fact, no, like that. Excuse me. Vice President Biden, the biggest problem, in fact, over the years with mail-in voting has not been fraud historically. It has been that sizable numbers, sometimes hundreds of thousands of ballots are thrown out yeah, see, because right. they have not been properly filled out or there is some other irregularity. But that's or a problem. The deadline. Right. So the question I have is, are you concerned Here we go. that the Supreme Court with a Justice Barrett will settle any dispute? I'm concerned that any court would settle this because here's the deal. When you when you fought. Okay, first of all, he's so he's kind of saying that he doesn't want any court. So you don't think there's going to be lawsuits filed by the? By, oh, I'm sure. But let's let's listen closely now. When you get a ballot, here we go. And you fill it out. You're supposed to have an affidavit. If you didn't know, you have someone say that this is me. You should be able to, if in fact you can verify that's you when the, before the ballot is thrown out, that's sufficient to be able to count the ballot because someone made a mistake and not dotting the correct I. Who they voted for, testify, say who they voted for. Did you get that at all? I have no idea what he just said. And Trump just went crazy. He's like... You know it can't be done. You know it can't. And already it's been Yeah, why is Chris Wallace jumping in a whole lot? In eight states. We can keep talking. It's not like Biden and Wallace against Trump. Currently by law, eight states from even beginning to process ballots, even take them out of the envelopes and yes. flatten them until election day. That means that it's likely because there's going to be a huge increase in mail-in balloting that we are not going to know on election night who the winner is, that it could be days, it could be weeks. Yeah, and we're not going to know election night. we find out who the, the, the new president is. So I hope we know I, by Thanksgiving. First for you, sir. Finally, for the for the vice president, I hope neither of you will interrupt the other. Will <laughs> I think you're beyond that, it sounds like, from what I read the highlights. During this extended period, not to engage in any civil unrest. And, will and it went on from there. I didn't watch because I figured it would be, and I just went to bed early that night and figured and I'd get up early, get to the office, and watch the highlights. All right. So, there, I, so we don't know if everyone's going to keep on talking, you know, with the virus now the rona's winning carrie right i mean right. obviously the rona's winning um, although i'm glad to hear more kids are back in school mine including and we haven't had incidents and colleges are having in-person classes or at least for my daughter so things are moving forward and even though cases are going up although we're testing hospitalizations overall are down i think they're getting better at treating and managing it when you do get more severe symptoms so i don't know i'm still hopeful about it because we're always going to have infectious disease to worry about. That's the world we live in. Well, as Steve Hawkins, that's the electronic voice. That okay, you that's why I was like, what? Your eyes on. What? Um, we just got to keep on talking, Carrie. Get All right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and news that can pertain to your financial life so you're aware of the choices you have and you don't have to be passive and just let things happen as uh, fall where they may or you can be take charge of your financial life certainly there are many of many things going on in the world today in our country that you can't control but there is a lot you can control control what you can and that's what we're trying to talk about we're sponsored by the estate planning team the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that's been around more than 35 years. We're A-rated, accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. We're Super Service Award 
winners on Angie's list for multiple years. And what the estate planning team does is design custom financial plans for people both who are working and retired and want to know what steps and strategies you should be taking to protect your long-term financial stability. How do you know what you can realistically afford to spend? Kind of running out of money is the universal thing. But what we do with the estate planning team is also look how much risk you should be taking. In this low interest rate environment, there's market volatility, um, rising health care costs. Who knows what taxes are going to happen in the future? Um, but either way, there are things you can do, and you want to make sure that you're not taking on more risk than necessary to accomplish all your financial goals. And then when things happen and we have these financial challenges or disruptors or forced retirement or increased spending that you have to do that you didn't count on, you know, how do you adjust for that? And what we do is build those custom financial plans and basically do financial modeling and help people with financial choices as well. We do these long-term plans taking into account income expenses, different inflation rates, taxes, and um, the growth rates, but then also looking at potential disruptors. If there's a market, a job loss, premature death of a spouse, and helping people analyze pension elections, timing of social security, potential retirement dates. Can I afford the new home? Um, I don't know why. I know we've talked about on the show periodically, but the new home scenario, I don't know if it's because of the low mortgage rates. I got to go another call this week if somebody's going to retire next year, and but they're already looking at houses. I mean, we've had a record number of clients and even clients that have been retired for many years looking, not necessarily, I have to say downsize, but downsize doesn't mean downgrade because honestly that down price, yeah, downsizing isn't the same as down, usually they're down price, downsizing and up pricing. But whatever that financial issue is, it's looking at all these things, um, Roth conversion planning, you know, from an objective, unbiased analysis. So people are comfortable with the decisions. Um, And we base all our recommendations on that detailed analysis and we can back that up. Um, We believe in coordination of advisors. And what we do is, We also provide, and I had a client tell me, you know, this genuine, caring, personal attention um, that we've had because we've developed relationships with our clients for multiple years and help people through the passage of a spouse and their kids through the passage of their parents um, and, and setting things up. And we have affordable hourly and retainer fee options. So if you need a little bit of help or a lot of help and want help through all the steps, uh, we do offer a free consultation by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights um, to see if you can benefit from the type of planning that we offer. And again, we're not investment advisors. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation to see if we can help, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Remember, regardless of who's elective, that's another thing you can't control. You still need to have a plan to know what you should be doing instead of a lot of times people say, well, I'm not going to do anything because I don't know what's going to happen. And how many times have we been through, I don't know what's going to happen in crises and, but do what you can to keep more of your hard-earned dollars. And that's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financial foodforthought.com. Oh, shut up, man. You know, that was Biden shouting out at the debate. So um, we're not going to shut up. We're going to keep on talking. Now, yeah, I did see the highlights, which were entertaining enough. Um, and surprisingly, so, my older two kids watched it and they told me more like it was entertaining because they said they never thought was, either of them would watch it. It was the worst debate I've ever seen. Yeah. By far. Well, they said down. it was entertaining and full of interruptions. And the, doubtful there'll be more debates because of the virus now. Well, they could I, do it by phone. Oh, Videos. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, the VP he, debate is supposed to be next week. Who cares? But I think right. that's probably canceled. But even the videos, if they did it that way, it'd be a lot control easier for a moderator to control if they did it via yeah. virtual. You know, you could just mute. <laughs> but actually, maybe the VP... We should be more concerned about when we have the two presidential candidates who are over 70. Maybe. Um, so maybe we shouldn't blow off the VP, quite frankly. Um, but with the election, so I thought Chris Washa started the debate with his final question. Um, but it, it's a couple of things. See, it, the course the courts are going to be involved, Gary, and – I think Donald Trump was admitting that, but I don't think Joe Biden was. He didn't really come out and say that. But 
Um, there's already there's been fighting in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, you know, about the cutoff for the, the, the counting the mail you know, ballots, North Carolina over the witness requirements. Even in Ohio, you know, there was a little bit of a, you know, controversy or discussion about how many drop boxes. Right. You know, remember originally Frank LaRose, the secretary of state, said there could only be one drop box per county. It's like, right. well. Cuyahoga is a pretty big county. Uh, yeah, people from the east side are going to drive to the west or the south or, or either. downtown. It's a downtown. But so we had a little news this week that LaRose did say, okay, there are going to be two drop boxes in Cuyahoga Oh, county. wow. I think Cuyahoga County is big enough. Maybe they should have south, east, and west. But No, but they have to be, and downtown? They have to be monitored, Carrie. So the first one was going to be at the Board of Election parking lot, right? And that was going to be monitored 24-7, right? Right. Um, that's at 2925 Euclid Avenue. But then the the second one now is going to be about the same area, the a parking lot, you know, 3100 Chester Avenue. It's, I guess, adjacent to the county election headquarters. Um, but it's a daily time thing. It's not a 24-7 right. thing. So I don't know. Whoever, well, you know, get your the mail in. thing, because did you see where I, I've seen the analogy, if you won the lottery, would you just put it in the mail? You know, they equate it. And then somebody in Florida well, mailed uh, their ticket in and it got lost. She was so excited it got lost in the mail. Yeah, it hasn't you, shown you up yet. You would never mail your lottery yeah, ticket. Yeah, she did. It was $1,000, but it was a lot of money. Sure. Um, now, there's been a lot of people who've uh, scammed that, tried to scam the right. lottery and said, I had the winning ticket. I lost it. I promise you I had it. Yeah. Well, to me, I'd be taking. Yeah, I wouldn't be mailing that. All right. Um so as of so there's this one guy, this professor Justin Levitt, he's kind of keeping track of how many lawsuits have already been filed regarding, <laughs> and it's not even. It's geez. as of August 31st. He hasn't even updated yet through end of September. As of August 31st, there was 245 cases, Gary suits already. Okay. Um. So how many suits are going to be? You know. So to say that the court's not going to be involved, the court's already involved. Um, it was in June when the Trump campaign, they started their legal action. So they were, it included New Jersey, Nevada, North Carolina, Iowa, Pennsylvania, and Montana. Okay. Um, and, you know, because all those were the states that the Trump campaign decided were, were more easily allowing voters to cast their ballot by mail. Um, okay. So, so the Trump is certainly, you know, using the courts, um, What's going on? You know, Pennsylvania, the controversy is that Pennsylvania came out and said, don't worry about matching up the signatures. OK, um, with concerns rising in Pennsylvania, that tens of thousands of mail-in ballots will be discarded in the presidential election over technicalities. Officials in the presidential background uh, battleground told counties that they aren't allowed to reject a ballot solely because an election official believes a signature doesn't match the one in the voter's file. But even if it's blatantly, you know, isn't that one of the criteria? Then you heard Trump talk about the New York City problem. Carrie, you heard that, right? And what Mm -hmm. happened was New York City Board of Elections announced a plan that they had to print and remail new absentee ballots to nearly 100,000 voters who received erroneous envelopes in their absentee ballot packages. Um, you know, the decision comes after an unknown number of Brooklyn voters received absentee ballots with the wrong name and address printed on the return envelope. OK, um, now you heard also President Trump in the debate talk about the uh, West Virginia mailman selling the ballots. Gary, now mm-hmm. I th- you have to determine whether this you think is fake news or not. OK, OK, because um, you heard how Trump spun it. Right. Right. That take a look at West Virginia mailmen selling their ballots, okay, mm-hmm. and also you know he didn't give any evidence. Well, West Virginia Secretary of State's office came out and said no, it does not know of any instances in which ballots were sold in the state, okay. Um, but earlier in the year, so here's the uh, the spin. Earlier in the year, a West Virginia mailman pleaded guilty to election fraud after changing several absentee request forms from Democrat to Republican, a mm-hmm. move the mailman claimed was a joke. Um, but he did not alter any ballots. So, I mean, so I don't know. I think Trump spun that a little bit. Yeah, but then there was a guy news. in Florida that was caught committing ballot fraud. His point, what, and it got caught, and his point was, 
oh, I was just testing the security of it. Right. <laughs> was his argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, and then, of course, the other what President Trump said was that some of the ballots were found in the river. Right. Remember, right. He said they found them in the river. He never he failed to mention who found in what river. Um, so at the uh, so there's a lot of press clarification on what right. are you talking about? Well, here's and, another man. I'm just looking at headline, Mark, a, a man. I don't know what state it is, requested a mail-in ballot for his dead wife. Yeah. So yeah. it's happening. Um, I see dead people voting. Um, but the, the, <laughs> that was a great movie. The, the, uh, <laughs> so, but apparently what the clarification was, it wasn't necessarily a river. It was a ditch. Oh, okay. And it was in Wisconsin. <laughs> All right. Um, and it was a bunch of mail. It might have if it looked like a river if we got lots of rain. Yeah, so. right. So I guess it was a bunch of mail. Some of it happened to be absentee ballots. I don't know. Who knows? So whatever, you know, we've got this, um, you know, I don't think we're going to know the election results. But what does all this, you know, mean to you? Well, because there is still a lot of people, Carrie, who are concerned that this election turmoil is going to wreak havoc on the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll look at the stocks futures when Trump announced in Milani that they were, po- you know, the first lady were positive. Right. Um, but right. But then it calmed down. You know, but, it, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's is it panic? But we've had volatility. There's lots of things, a lot of headwinds right now <laughs> causing the, virus, the market volatility. Election. You um, don't think these are the most divisive times, or, at least in my lifetime. Right. Or even the economic. In other words. All right. So we got the jobs report. It was negative. You know, um, now unemployment did tick down to just below 8 percent, which was good. Still a long way to go to get down to the 3 percent um, where, you know, you want to be. Um, if not lower. Um, so we're not out of the woods yet by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, the jobs report, you know, came in, you know, the non-farm payrolls at 661,000, well below consensus of, you know, 830 to 860,000. Um, you know, we, we've got a long way to get all the jobs back that were lost. Right. Um, you know, initial jobless claims that came out earlier. See, there's this timing difference between the jobs report, which is like last month, right. and the weekly claims, which is last week. So there, there's conflicting data there, but it's not great. In, in other words, um, you also this week you had Nancy Pelosi and the House pass their uh, version of the skinny hero bill. Right, Carrie? Uh, we had the fat hero bill. Right. Sounds like a new fast food restaurant. Right. Um, <laughs> it does. You know, the fat heroes, you know, the, the heroes, you know, uh, was what they, you know, the Health and Economic Recovery Omnibus Emergency Solutions Act. Gary, that's the fancy okay. acronym. Heroes. Remember, originally what the House passed early in the year was three trillion, right? And that, that was only 1,800, 1,800 pages long. Um, omnibus, you know, is an understatement. Um, and I still think they should just so yeah, so they didn't something. So they didn't get that. Well, so so the House came back with their skinny hero bill, right? right? Which was still though two point two trillion. Do something is better than doing nothing. And that barely passed. It, it passed on a vote of two hundred fourteen to two hundred seven nays. Um, Seventeen Democrats who voted nay. Um, but what, what was that one? And, and then we thought that, you know, Nancy was working with, you know, Stephen, you know, Minuchin and yet it didn't happen. And then we had the president announce that he's got the virus. So we don't know as of this hour on Friday, we we don't really know if the house skinny heroes bill is going to, you know, get any ground. Um, but it, what was in that, you know, this is what matters to you. If you're waiting for that, it did have, uh, another stimulus check, the second round, just like the first round, 1200, um, each, um, you know, for a married couple, they each get the 1200 and 500 for a, a child. It also is going to restore the 600 weekly federal additional unemployment benefit on top of the state unemployment benefit. Um, and it was also going to reauthorize some small business lending. I don't know if that was the PP plan or some version of it. Um, so, you know, th- those are so we keep saying, yeah, you may get more, another stimulus check before the, the year end, but we don't know. 
Um, you know, a lot depends on um, the, the virus. Um, or you mean our Congress getting stuff through, Mark? Well, I would yeah. think it's their job. Um, I mean, I feel bad for genuinely people who aren't working and need something. I mean... Okay, so voting on the $2.2 trillion plan came after a burst of negotiations this week between Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The Trump administration delivered concessions on Wednesday, including a 400 per week pandemic jobless benefit and a markedly higher overall price tag of $1.6 trillion. So it looks like the White House was inching up to $1.6 trillion, um, but that failed to win over Pelosi. Um, you know, who, her comment was, this isn't half a loaf. This is the heel of the loaf. <laughs> oh, isn't she funny? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Pelosi said Thursday, Pelosi spoke after the White House attacked her as not being serious. So a lot of people think that this, even the skinny heroes bill at $2.2 trillion is not a serious, you know, vote that it, uh, the Democrats just wanted to get something to check the box to say that they got something done before the election. And so they can point their finger at the White House and the Senate and the Demo- and the Republicans in the Senate saying, see, we're we're willing to negotiate and they're not. Oh, yeah. But I think it's all of them. Um, Aren't they supposed to right. come together? So, you know, and so why? So why are we bringing it? Because one of the things, Carrie, you had mentioned that the Roth conversion, right? And mm-hmm. so um, so we've been talking a, a lot about Roth conversions. Uh, we all, we've, for how many years, Carrie? You right. Know, uh, so they came in and, you know, started in 1998. Um, the, but the idea this year, why it's unusual, perhaps, is because one, you know, with the CARES Act, one, the required minimum distributions were suspended for 2020. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there who didn't have to take money out of their IRA if they didn't need to or didn't want to. Um, and but that also opens the door that if they were in a good tax bracket because they didn't have to take money out of their IRAs, there may have room where to use up some of that tax room. They want to do a Roth conversion so, because normally you're not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. And now if you, you you would normally have to get your required minimum distribution done first. And then if you wanted to do an additional IRA distribution slash conversion, you right. could do it. But you had to get your RMDs first and you couldn't. And, you know, a lot of people you learn the hard way looking at tax court cases, you know, that, no, you're not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. But in a year where there are no RMDs. Which is 2020. So when you're talking about a rough year, 2020, that's a huge opportunity where you may be able to take steps this year um, that can make a big difference right. in your future tax picture. Now, obviously, the most um, bl- g- glaring example of this mm-hmm. is if without a required minimum distribution. And remember, you've got to remember, these are people who carry, they don't need a distribution for cash flow. Right. So you, that may not be who you, who, but, if you're but listening you, right Even now. so, you may want to take some for cash flow. And if you have room on your tax return, right. you could do some for maybe not as big, but why would you not do a conversion if it at a lower tax rate? Right. Which is my to no- put it in a tax-free bucket. Right. Which is my no-brainer. In other words, if you were in a zero tax situation mm-hmm. because you don't have to do a required minimum. Right. Would you not at least do a redistribution or conversion up to max out your zero bracket? Or depending on what else, maybe your future projected taxes because of other things that are going to be happening in the future. Maybe both you and your wife are going to have minimum require are going to throw you through some other thresholds. I mean, I know maybe you want to max out the 10 percent, the 12, in some cases, the 20, because remember, we also have lower tax rates right now. That aren't going to last forever. Right. So you start playing what we sometimes refer on the show as the tax limbo game. In other words, what's that next threshold that you haven't hit yet um, that you have room to go up? A lot of that, you know, though you mentioned some of the lower ones, the zero mm-hmm. or the 10 or the 12 percent bracket. But how about the zero percent long term capital gains and qualified dividend rate? Or some people when their Social Security gets taxed. I mean, I guess it's looking at all those right. things. Or it's maybe where before your Medicare uh, thresholds go up with right. that silly Irma adjustment. 
you know, for Medicare B and Medicare but D. But like I said before, it's not just looking at this year and next year. It's looking at the future tax projections, even if you base it on current tax rates, which are lower. If you're going up in the future because other things happening with your spouse or other planned income events in the future, you still may want to max out those right. higher brackets because it's going to be even higher. And by the way, that's one of the things that we do. Um, free consultations, we can just talk, or if you give us information, we'll pro- provide preliminary analysis and actually show you what your future tax picture is going to look like based on current and some some assumptions. And a lot of people don't even know what that future rate is. And a lot of people have opportunities, especially this year and even in the next few years, and you don't want to miss out on that. Um, we do that free analysis is included by the consultation. You don't even have to leave your house. You can do the consultation by phone, in person. We email you information. We can send things regular mail. Um, we were good about doing that stuff, but we've even got better at accommodating people um, through this COVID. So you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation and that free analysis um, at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, um, we, like I said, ever since 1998, we've been talking and planning strategies involving Roth IRA conversions. Um, now, we're not talking about Roth IRA contributions today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a different, you know, strategy. This is the conversion process where if you have existing IRAs or 401ks or 403bs or 457s, you know, tax qualified plan that you're choosing to convert those over to a Roth IRA. Now it creates a taxable event, right? In Mm -hmm. other words, if you do a $5,000 conversion, it's $5,000 of taxable income, right? Um, So you have to, you know, it's a, it's a combination of your, it's working the analysis that says, okay, how much of a conversion is it going to cost me on my tax return if I'm staying, if I'm trying to stay below a certain threshold that I don't want to go through? All right, and then that would be your target. You know, let's call that target. Now, we've also said that you know part of the Trump's tax jobs, you know, act of 2017 is it got rid of the Roth recharacterization. You know, that was the do-over rule, Carrie, right? Where, you know, that was a wonderful tool that we had in our back pockets. Mm-hmm. That basically said, you know, because the, the law says, you know, the Roth IRA conversions have to be implemented by December 31st. All right. Um, Which but, means, by the way, you cannot wait because we have people call December 26th. I don't even know what day it falls on and think it's going to get done by then because there's a right. lot of players and pieces and parts and steps that need to get done. And in this COVID environment, when people aren't in the office and working remotely, I'm thinking we're going to have to back up that deadline. And well, people want to look at this even earlier this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, because, again, more and more people are doing them every year. It's right. getting more bottlenecked every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen that. I mean, even in good years, we've seen that back. You know, I remember the drop dead date was like, which is the date you have to get paper and where they're guaranteed it done at the right time was like December 20th. Then it was like December 15th. Then they're like, uh, December 10th. If they tell you December 31st or by year end, I would be worried. Right. Um, now, the other thing is it's not just because everyone is doing Roth conversions. The other bottleneck is happening is because every year more and more of the baby boomers baby boomers are attaining the required minimum distribution. Right. So they're all waiting to that December. To, right. A lot of them are waiting to the end of the year to get their required minimum distributions and done. And maybe because of withholdings, which we've talked about on previous shows. Right. So it's that combination of all the... You know, tax qualified plan, you know, uh, year end planning that's getting done. That's what's getting bottlenecked. And that's why, it, it, like you're saying, we're we're up. You know, you've got to, you know, the, the, the you've got to attack. You've got to get to it quicker if you want to make sure they're your custodians guaranteeing it's going to get done by December 31st. So in other words, but let me get back to the Roth recharacterization. See, in the old rule that said, you know, let, so let's say, Carrie, you, you know, you had this target. Um, Roth conversion to be $10,000 because that was going to take you right up to that level, the threshold you didn't want to go through, whatever that is. Well, then, you know, so you implement the Roth conversion to 10000 and by December 31st. Then when you get all your final 1099s for the year, 
you get the bad news that you undercut or undershot what you thought your capital gains were going to be or interest or dividends or wages or some other taxable income. You lowballed it. So now in retrospect, the $10,000 Roth conversion was too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's say it put you three thousand dollars above that threshold. You don't want to go above. Mm, ouch. Okay. Um, under the Roth recharacterization, you could redo it. You could recharacterize all or part of the conversion you did. It was a wonderful duel. It was a do over. It was a do over, right? And you know now that that option that tool was taken away. So we've been saying, you know, since 2017, when when that law changed that, was that you have to be a little more careful. You might have to wait a little bit longer in the year before you trigger your Roth conversion in case you get a surprise. You let's say you get an October surprise. All right. And and, you know, or, you know, and, and so that's why a lot of people don't execute their Roth conversions too early um, because they know they don't have this recharacterization do over anymore. And, you know, they want to be a little bit more careful. But now we get to the year of the Rona, 2020, right? So everything has been, you know, flipped over this year because another, you know, re- or another th- thing that people, a lot of our clients do is that they want to do their Roth conversions when after a market dip, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And we had a big one in March, right? Um, because, you know, they saw- <laughs> Go figure. Uh, they saw that as an opportunity- that okay, if I uh, that I'm I want to convert my IRA to Roth when the market drops because I'm getting kind of like a tax discount on the cost to do the conversion, and then what I'm going to do, Mark, I'm just going to leave it in the same type of investment as it was, and then I expect the market to come back to recover after the Rona recession. But all that recovery, instead of coming in taxable in my IRA, all that recovery will be tax free in my Roth IRA. Okay, so a lot of people did, you know, are, you know, now. So a lot of people did that in March. A lot of people did that in 2008. Okay, Um, people are getting in, you know, getting used to that. And that's part of their planning strategy. You know, you like to do Roth conversions on market dips, right? Um, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, they'll, you know, you know, you know where it, it, it's, you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to look for any opportunity I can in a complicated tax world, right? Yeah, you, I've heard you say making lemonade out of lemons, yeah. right? Now, um, but so now, though, let's say you didn't do that because you were still more concerned. March was too early, Mark, for me to do a Roth conversion because I didn't know what was going to happen in the rest of the year. So now you're waiting until the end. Now, as you're saying, Carrie, you don't want to wait till, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year's to execute your Roth conversion, right? You might not get it done or your custodians might not get it done. So, you, you, but, you know, you're saying, hey, I can wait till December 1st or December 10th. I'll have a better idea of my, of, you know, hopefully all the surprises will be done by that time. Um, but so, so. So part of it, you know, is right now, if if you're still contemplating or wondering whether you should execute a Roth conversion before the end of the year, you want to get your ducks in a row, right? You know, Carrie, you want to get prepared, all right? Um, and you can do steps of preparation without actually triggering it, mm-hmm. right? Well, the first one, obviously, is what's your target level? You know, how much are you planning on doing, mm-hmm. right? Um now, the second thing is, um, you, you know, again, there is, you, you know, you don't necessarily want to convert IRA to Roth if you think you're, you've got a cash flow shortage right. in the next 12 to 24 months. But maybe you want to look at, even if you don't have to do a required minimum, maybe you want to do pull money out of the IRA. To build up your cash reserve. Right. It's not always about the Roth conversion. I mean, that's great if you can do that. But some people are saying, hey, I've depleted my cash reserve. Or maybe I'm worried about the election and market. And maybe I've typically had a a lean cash reserve. And now I want to beef it up a little bit. Right. Because we always say, you know, having an adequate cash reserve is your first defense against a recession. And, and and or if we have a double dip recession. Right. 
Um, and if you don't know, you better have that cash reserve build up. Right, because if you have the cash reserve, then you can still get the things that you were planning to get done without having to sell your stocks low if you don't want to do that. And it's the same thing, as you said, with the conversion, looking at these different thresholds on how much you need and combining it with how what is it going to cost you to generate that income? And certainly maxing out the zero is a no-brainer, which, by the way, I wanted to mention we have a client every year. She's in a zero tax bracket. When she started with us um, many years ago, no one told her she had some new annuities. Every year we look at taking money out of her annuity just for that purpose because right. she never knows what she's going to use it for. And max out her zero bracket. So right. she is. She got tax deferred annuities years ago, and she's been able to take it out and not pay a dime on that money. So we, yeah. So basically, Carrie, what you're describing is that we've turned a a, a traditional IRA or a non qualified annuity into a Roth IRA or a Roth annuity, right? To give her some because, cushion, yeah. and when things have come up in emergencies or repairs at the house, or now she hires people right. to clean and do her yard work. Because we're just getting the taxable amount out and shift it over to a Roth. And a lot of people don't, don't know that annuities can be held in Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, some, that's some, one of the weird things about annuities, or the good things or bad, however you look at it. You know, annuities can be in your IRA. Mm-hmm. It could be in your 403B can be in your non-qualified. It could be in your individual name, a joint name with the spouse. Right. It, it, well, that's the non-qualified. Right. Um, you'll soon see annuities being offered in the 401ks. You know, that's part of the Secure right. Act um, that passed in December of 19. Um, and or annuity, you can own annuities in Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. And then all the things, whether you're looking to get the guaranteed income, you know, withdrawal or the, you know, the, the, the fixed, you know, non-market risk position right. and equity index, let's say a fixed annuity, any distributions, if it's a Roth IRA annuity, come out tax free. Right. And people don't understand that who, I mean, annuities, we can, we've done shows on it alone that people don't understand how they're used. They buy ones and then they have these guaranteed income riders. They never turn on. So right. if you're dealing with that issue, you can also call us about that. Right. And a lot of, and a lot of people, you know, you know, a lot of stock people say, oh, never buy an annuity because what they're saying is that it's a bad, you know, it's a bad transfer asset to the kids. Right, because it's it's one of the IRDs, you know, income mm-hmm. respect of the scene. So right. in other words, normally if, if you bought like a non qualified annuity and you never spend it all in your lifetime and there's still some tax deferred piece, that right. doesn't go tax free to your kids. Right? right. They will have to pay the income taxes on it. But if it's in a Roth annuity, a Roth IRA annuity It goes tax free. It goes tax free. Or maybe you're maybe you really want to use it during your lifetime and create income. I guess, yeah, too many people don't understand and we have people call or then you have the annuity person that says, oh, put it all in. And usually all or nothing approach is never good. There's no good or bad products or tools out there. It's how they're used, how much and at what level. And we can help you decide that, too. And by the way, we offer a free consultation by phone or in person if you want these issues. Um, Roth conversion planning. If you're retired, you're still working, you're facing a financial decision you don't understand. Um, there's underutilized assets. If you don't know what that's about, you can check out our previous podcast or just call us and we'll explain. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie, that's Carrie Waddell. My name is Mark Don. So, Carrie, what was I talking about before I got off on the annuities? Well, the the Roth conversion. Right. right? Okay, so back to the, we're talking about it's getting close to the end of the year. And maybe you're still contemplating or wondering, hey, should I do a Roth conversion? Should I trigger a Roth conversion by the end of the year? Um, And so we're just, you know, not, you know, and, and again, we've always said about, Roth conversions is that not everybody should do them, but perhaps everybody should at least be looking at them. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's more that type of you know. Approach. Or when people say, "Well, my investment person said there I shouldn't do one," and you'll say, "What analysis? What right. they base on? Well, they just said that don't they're not they're bad. Don't do it. Don't right. waste your time." Or the tax preparer. You know, a lot of times you know, and I'm not even going to get into that discussion today, Carrie. But, <laughs> You're going to um, run out of time. But the idea is. Um, and it's also, I just did want to mention, it's just because you did or didn't do a Roth conversion last year doesn't mean you should or shouldn't do one this year. No, each tax year stands alone and people's with no minimum required distributions, there's a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, this is in an unusual year. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at and, least look at it. You know, and and again, the theory is. If you are worried that your future required minimum distributions are going to trap you tax wise, you know, again, we mentioned the Secure Act that did, you know, for delay required minimum distributions to now age 72. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, we kind of lost track of that when COVID hit. I mean, we talked right. about it big after the first, and then we had COVID and CARES Act. And, but, you know, it, it, in other words, part of the long term planning, that's what we do for our clients, and we show them a long term model. We don't start off with plan A, assuming that the clients are going to implement a Roth conversion. It's more of a, a plan, a, a, an additional plan. Right now, we just want to see, that, you know, are, are, do you have enough in your nest egg so you can retire and not run out of money? Mm-hmm. You know, whether, you know, so first, how much of the IRA are you using to support your retirement? Now, it, it so that's where you get in start. You know, that's why you don't ask to donate your neighbor if they're doing a Roth conversion or not. You have to kind of run your own numbers. Um, but you know, the, 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 the idea is, yeah, so it, it could be a year by year strategy that you're saying some years you may do a Roth conversion, some years you don't see. And originally when they first came out, people had this, had this idea, Carrie, that, that a Roth conversion, they thought they had to convert their whole IRA in one year. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's not what we're talking about. Right now. Another concern is what was why some people, uh, you know, think it's not right for them is because they say, well, Mark, I heard that when you do a Roth conversion, you have to wait five years before you can get the tax-free treatment. Mm, wrong. Well, it's well, it's fuzzy. It's right. Great. It's it's it, you know, so it's technical, right? And and again, I always say on this show, you know, I'm not here to defend the uh, the, the the fairness, logic, or simplicity <laughs> of our U.S. tax code. Right. Just here talking about the rules. And so, yes, when you do a Roth conversion, it creates a five-year holding period to get the earnings out tax-free. So if I do 10000 or 20000 of a conversion... Well, let's do 10000 Okay, 10000 That That's your basis because that's you're going to pay taxes on that amount. So that's now, you know, if you do a $10,000 IRA to Roth IRA conversion, you're going to pay the taxes the year you do that. Right. So in six months later, because some people are worried about tying up money, I need to take 5000 out because something came up. Right. You could get your basis out because you've already paid taxes on that. So As, I could take again, out a 10. Assuming you're over 59 and a half. All right. So, so it's trickier rules if you're under 59 and a half. But- yeah, so it, it basically you are allowed. The law allows you to take your basis out first. You just can't get any earnings out for five years. Um, but the problem is, it's a it's a little more paperwork involved, right? Because you at home as a taxpayer have to keep track. So because every uh, is my understanding of the law that every time you do a Roth conversion starts a new five year holding period for that year that conversion. It's a different rule when you're making Roth contributions. Mm-hmm. There's only one five year holding period in that event. Now again, don't don't try to don't try to, you know, figure out the logic of why the law is written that way, but you just have to follow the rules. So yeah, so yeah. So it's not necessarily too handcuffing, handcuffing for you if you do a conversion where you're saying, Hey, as long as I don't think I need to get more than the basis out, you know, in a short period of time. Right then I, you know, you're, you're fine. Right. Um, and the, and you may have, you know, other Roth money already that's beyond the five year holding period. Right. Um, now, so the idea of getting ready at year end, right. So it's saying, okay, so, you know, that's the idea. First you, you, you've determined Carrie that you don't need money out of your IRA for cash flow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, secondly, you've determined how much of the target Roth conversion that you want to do based on the threshold you're trying to stay under. Okay. So the next thing you want to do to get your ducks in a row is identify which IRA assets you want to convert. Okay. Get ready with that. Now, maybe you're working with an investment advisor, work with them. Because then you may give them a heads up, give them, hey, look at I'm thinking about doing a Roth conversion. What, what, what do you think would be a good, you know, uh, uh, you know, position pos- position to move over? That's what they're there for. Right. Now, if you don't talk to them, how do they know you want to do a Roth conversion? See, we're very big on coordinated advisors, the state planning team. Right now, we're doing many, many 
you know, conference calls with our clients' investment advisors and their CPAs mm -hmm. because this is what we're working on. Right. Okay. We're determining the target level that that makes you know that meets a certain threshold. The best and, position. And we're having the investment advisors decide what positions. Now, for example, a lot of people carry they want growth assets in their Roth IRA because mm -hmm. they're going to get the biggest bang for their tax free. Right. All that know, growth, growth is tax free. Right. Or it's a, or a, or a very if it's let's say it's a very heavily traded. Um, you know, or, or heavily income, you know, they, all the income is going to be tax free. So in other words, a lot of people say, no, I don't want to transfer cash to my Roth IRA. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, you know, so now we're back to the point where we're saying, okay, so now they've maybe identified some of the uh, growth assets, but now what they're saying is, but typically also those high growth may be the ones that come down if we have a double dip recession or a, another, a more market volatility. I don't know, maybe around November 4th. Hmm. I mean, so it's not timing the market. It's getting ready to act quickly to take advantage, to look, to make some lemonade out of some lemons. So, you know, so you're saying, hey, Mark, I, I'm planning. I know I got to get this conversion done by December 31st, but maybe, just maybe, you want to be ready to go before then in case we do see a volatility. Now, why do we say, you know, do you why people want to do conversions on a dip? Because they're saying, okay, because now for the same target that I'm saying that I'm, you know, ten thousand dollars is my target or whatever, uh, I'm actually getting more shares of that growth fund over for the same right. tax dollar. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be more shares that are going to be held in my Roth IRA that are going to come back tax free. Okay, um, so that's the, that's the hedge that they're trying to you know to, you know capture. So so you might in other words again now we might not have a dip. So then you still are under the you know don't wait till you know December thirty right. first to implement your Roth conversion. Now another thing too though let's say let's go back Carrie to the client who says well Mark I need to build my I may need to build my cash reserve I don't know maybe I'll need it maybe I won't need it. Okay. All right so. We have some clients who say, well, I am going to move cash into my Roth IRA. In other words, I'm going to I'm going to do the conversion now because I'm afraid that I don't I'm going to lock in that capital gain. So to speak. Right. in other words, I don't want to see, you know, I want to, you know, and I'm going to take those gains off the table right now in right. my IRA. And then I'm going to move the cash because I I may or may not need it for a cash reserve. Right. Cash and just leave it in a cash. But I'm going to take the advantage of this year that we've right. been talking about excuse me, to move it right. to the Roth. Now I'm going to leave it in cash in right. the Roth IRA, at least for tax purposes, it'll always be in that tax-free wrapper. And then at some point in the future, when I feel the timing is right, I'm going to invest it in something. Right. You can put it in. I mean, you can have a Roth in a savings account, a money market, a CD. CD. We already said annuity. Annuity, if, annuity stocks, gold, bonds. bonds um, you know, Roth. But if you want it liquid, you can certainly do that. So that's the type of planning. That's what we mean by saying, get your ducks in a row. You may or may not trigger the Roth conversion, but at least what are steps you can be doing so you're ready to go? Because if the market's you, sometimes you got to act quickly. All right, Carrie. Let's go. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free, no obligation consultation by phone or in person to see if we can help. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Go Browns. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.